Welcome to The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Listen to Joe tackle the really tough moral issues, current events, and politics from a Catholic perspective. Now here's Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Hello again, Six Packers, and welcome back to The Cantankerous Catholic, Episode 50. I'm deeply concerned. I've been inundated with emails from people who are concerned and confused about the things going on in the Catholic Church. Catholics are not leaving the Church in droves, and the overwhelming majority of them aren't citing the sex abuse scandal, but rather the wacky, damaging things Pope Francis is doing. I understand the confusion, anger, and even fear that you folks are experiencing, and I empathize with you. But I also understand that my empathy doesn't give you any comfort or direction. So it seems to me that the only way I can be of help to you is to answer the question on everybody's mind, do we accept or reject the authority of Pope Francis? Well, I'll do my best to answer that question as soon as we get back from paying the bills. Hi there, friends and neighbors. This is your old pal El Monte Slim telling you to start reading Joe Sixpack, the Every Catholic Guy's weekly column in The Wander, America's oldest independent Catholic newspaper. The folks at The Wander have made a special trial subscription offer just for you Sixpackers, and it's only $39 for six months. That's only a buck and a half an issue, less than a cup of coffee. Joe has a subscription link in his show notes. So listen to the old pal El Monte Slim and subscribe today. Do we accept or reject the authority of Pope Francis? That's a good and valid question. I've talked about Francis in previous episodes. I've outlined his strangely irrational and erratic papal behavior before. I've made no secret of the fact that he's espoused heresies, made antichrist comments, and made appointments of bishops and priests to dioceses and offices that seem to be in diametric opposition to the church. He recently stood by as priests and laity worshipped a fertility goddess in the Vatican Gardens, and he most recently allowed the German's Bishops' Conference to begin a process of dismantling the church's 2,000-year teachings on human sexuality specifically regarding homosexuality. Because I do what I do full-time, I'm probably better informed than most of you about the wacky things Francis does and says. I read dozens of articles from trusted and vetted sources, and I don't focus merely on Francis' activity, but also the effects of what he says and does on Catholics. As I said in the introduction, I understand the confusion, anger, and fear you're experiencing. Now I'm going to try to relieve you of some of those feelings. Let's begin by answering whether we have to accept Francis' authority. The short answer is yes, but the question can't be answered with just one word. To begin, Francis is the legitimately and duly elected Pope. He's a genuine successor of St. Peter. I don't assume or speculate this is true. I know for a fact that it's true. My friend and mentor, Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke, was an elector in the conclave that elected Francis. I asked his eminence whether Francis' election was valid. While his eminence couldn't comment on anything else about the conclave, he could answer my question, and he answered in the affirmative. 
Francis isn't the first heretic to occupy the chair, Peter. We've had several heretics over the last 2,000 years. However, Francis is probably the worst of them, and he's the first to make Antichrist's statement. Still, we must obey the duly elected successor of St. Peter in all matters of faith and morals, but only insofar as they don't contradict the constant 2,000-year teachings of the Church. I realize that for many of you, identifying those contradictions may be difficult. I'll deal with that later in this episode because I have two solutions for that dilemma. Now that we've dealt briefly with Francis, let's move on to the nature of the Church. The Catholic Church isn't a club or organization. It's the kingdom of God here on earth. This kingdom of God exists on three planes, earth, purgatory, and heaven. In other words, the kingdom of God and the Church are one and the same. The Catholic Church isn't a man-made thing. It's a living, breathing, growing divine organism. As Paul says, the Church is the body of Christ. He's its head, and we're its members. Metaphorically, weak members of the Catholic Church make up the torso, arms, and legs, but Jesus is the head. The Church is alive. For a thing to be alive, it must have a soul to animate it. A tree has a tree soul. Grass has a grass soul, a dog has a dog soul, a human has a human soul. The differences between our souls and the souls of these lower life forms is that when the lower life forms die, their souls simply cease to exist. Our souls live forever because they're made in the image and likeness of God. We're a part of natural creation. The church is the only thing in the supernatural creation. Everything else in the supernatural realm, which is God, the Father, God, the Son, and God, the Holy Spirit, have always existed. Before moving on, let me head off some questions by saying that angels and demons aren't part of the supernatural creation. They're a part of the preternatural creation, wholly different from supernatural and natural. Anyway, as I said, the church is the only thing in supernatural creation. For the church to live, it has to have a soul too. The soul of the church is the Holy Spirit, so the church is a divine creature. The Pope isn't the church. Jesus Christ, the second person of God, is the church. Jesus established the church for one primary reason, so we can have a chance to achieve eternal happiness with him in heaven. Therefore, the constant teaching of the Catholic Church is that we can't achieve salvation outside of the church. The Vatican II document, Lumen Gentium, explains it this way. Basing itself on scripture and tradition, the council teaches that the church, a pilgrim now on earth, is necessary for salvation. The one Christ is the mediator and the way of salvation. He is present to us in his body, which is the church. He himself explicitly asserted the necessity of faith and baptism, and thereby affirmed at the same time the necessity of the church, which men enter through baptism as through a door. Hence, they could not be saved who, knowing that the Catholic Church was founded as necessary by God through Christ, would refuse to enter it or to remain in it. The phrase I need to emphasize here is, would refuse to remain in it. That means that Catholics, no matter what their reason for leaving the Church, condemn their own souls to hell if they abandon the one true Church established by Christ. There are several schismatic groups claiming to be the true continuation of the Catholic Church, but they're lying. 
Only the Catholic Church that we all belong to can trace an unbroken line of succession of our popes and bishops. There are also schismatic groups claiming to be the true church that hasn't had a pope since St. Pius X. Some even say Pope Pius XII. These schismatic groups are called Sedevacantists. They're not genuine either. Some of you may find it abhorrent to continue living under this pope's reign, but the only way you can work out your salvation is by remaining in this one true Catholic church. Now, earlier I mentioned that I realized that for many of you identifying the contradictions of Francis on matters of faith and morals may be difficult. I've got three possible solutions for you. The best solution is to go back to school, so to speak. You need to dig deep into church history, patristic, the Vatican II documents, and study past councils. Admittedly, this is hard and time-consuming, but it's the best way to know exactly what to do. However, many of you wouldn't know where to begin. I get that. Others of you would be daunted because of the difficulty and time consumption. I get that too, so I'll offer you the second solution. Raymond Leo Cardinal Burke is the most outspoken defender of the true faith in the English-speaking world. He'll never, under any circumstances, leave the church, and he always speaks out about the heresies and papal eccentricities of this pope. So the second solution is to follow Cardinal Burke's lead in everything. The drawback to this solution is that it's not always easy to follow everything his eminence says and does. As I said earlier, I do this full time, and I have trouble keeping up with him. For example, I found an exclusive interview his eminence gave to Martha McCallum on Fox News weeks after the fact, and it was an interview I considered to be a major one. So it's often difficult for me to keep up with him, even though I do this full time. So that leads me to the third and least desirable solution. The third solution is simply to follow me. I'm only a layman, but I take a solemn oath to you right now that I'll never do or say anything to lead you astray. After taking an oath like that, to violate it would be to condemn my own soul to hell, and I have every intention of becoming a saint by the time I die. Like I said, this is the least desirable solution, but it's probably the most doable solution for most of you. I'll tell you how you can most easily follow me. First, listen to this podcast every week. It's going to have the most current updates. I'll not only keep you informed in the main topic, but I'll direct you to important articles in my Catholic News Notes and the weekly Common Sense Catholic Commentary segment of each episode. There are often supplementary materials and links in my show notes, so you need to make sure you take a look at them, too. Secondly, be sure to read my weekly column in The Wanderer. Besides, there's always a lot of pertinent information on the pages of The Wanderer, and you can trust it completely. I know. Not only do I write for The Wanderer, but I've been a loyal reader for 30 years. Speaking of the wander, the publisher, Joe Matt, is about to launch a podcast hub of multiple podcasts called Catholic Podcast Radio. Joe has asked me to launch the first podcast called the What We Believe, Why We Believe It podcast. It'll launch in late January, early February. You need to listen to that one, too. Don't worry, I'll make sure you find out about when it launches. For those of you who don't subscribe to The Wander, I've made a special arrangement with Joe Matt that's exclusive to you six-packers. 
It's the lowest trial subscription offer Joe's ever offered to anyone, and I've arranged it because I believe all of you need to be reading it. I've copied the full text of the offer that Joe wrote and put it in my show notes. Thirdly, you need to visit joesixpeckanswers.com and do something if you haven't already done it. In the right sidebar of the site, there's a form making a couple of free offers. Enter your name and best email into that form. That gets you on at least one of my email lists, which is how I mostly communicate with six-packers all over the world. Yes, in case you didn't know it, the podcast you're listening to is downloaded in 13 different countries, so there are like-minded six-packers all over the globe. After you enter your name and email, you'll get a free email course about the faith that arrives in your inbox every three days. You'll also begin to get invitations to free weekly webinars I host where I teach the faith. I also suggest you register for and attend those too. If you can't attend the live event, register anyway. I always have them recorded so you'll be able to get a link to the recording every week. Just so you know, we're taking a break from the webinars until January 12th because of Christmas and the way people are so busy. Another reason you need to be on the email list is because it's how I'll keep you informed about everything that doesn't make it into my other venues. Now I'm going to ask you to do one final thing. Before I do, I need to explain something. Except for my books and the bulletin inserts many of your pastors have in your parishes, I don't charge anyone for anything I do. It's all free. Why? Because my mission is to help as many Catholics as I can. Your soul is more important to me than you can imagine. I begin my day at 3 a.m., and that's when I pray for you, your soul. I produce an enormous amount of Catholic content throughout the day for just one broken-down old lay evangelist who's in a wheelchair and can't write or type anymore. I want souls. You can help me to reach many more souls by taking three minutes to write a review of this podcast from wherever you downloaded it. You see, when people are searching for Catholic podcasts, the cantankerous Catholic is far more likely to show up in the searches if there are reviews. The more reviews there are, the more likely other Catholics are going to be able to discover this podcast. I'm not asking you for money, only help in reaching souls. If anyone wants to help this apostolate financially, you'll be able to find links to become a patron on the podcast player and in my show notes. But I'm not asking for that. I'm asking you to help me reach more souls. Six-packers are head and shoulders above the average Catholic. And the way I know that is because you guys ask the best questions, make the best comments, and you're smart enough to listen to this show. So join me in reaching other Catholics so you can share the graces God seems to be pouring out to faithful Catholics right now. What do Billy D. Williams the celebrated American artist Norman Rockwell and famed comedian Jimmy Durante have to do with one man's journey from conservative Judaism to the cross. Everything. Marty Barrick has lived one of the most fascinating conversion journeys ever told. In Calvary Road, Marty's biography, you can read about Marty's military service with Billy D. Williams, how Norman Rockwell helped him pass a college course, how in his deep abiding love for his late wife, Marty helped Irene travel the road of sanctity. How the times are quickly reaching critical mass for fulfilling prophecy concerning the Jews, and much, much more. Get your copy of Calvary Road by Marty Barrick today 
in print or ebook on Amazon, Apple Books, Barnes and Noble, and Kobo. Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy, wants to make sure you're informed about all the Catholic news you need to know. Here's Joe Sixpack's top five Catholic news picks for this episode. Catholic news pick number five. Hats off to Catholic News Agency. Bishop Michael Mulvey of Corpus Christi, Texas, traveled to San Antonio to save the life of a mother who was diagnosed with blood cancer. Bishop Mulvey said, We must always remember that everyone's life is a gift, and true gratitude is expressed when you are willing to give back and share what you have. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 4 Hats off to the National Catholic Register. For several years, Giving Tuesday has become a moment during the retail shopping season for people to donate to nonprofit charities. A new campaign called Hashtag I Give Catholic hopes to inspire Catholics to support charities with a Catholic mission and focus. I wouldn't count on that happening until the bishops get their act together. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic News Pick Number 3 Hats off to LifeSite News. A Catholic school trustee who successfully fought to have the Toronto Catholic District School Board adopt transgender ideology in its code of conduct suggested during the battle that the church no longer has judgmental teaching against homosexuality and transgenderism. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News Pick number two. Hats off to the Daily Wire. Tech giant Google is reportedly engaged in collecting the personal health information of tens of millions of Americans across 21 states, a project dubbed Project Nightingale, and has not notified patients or doctors about what they're doing. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Catholic Catholic News News Pick number number one. Hats off to LifeSite News. An international group of 100 priests and lay scholars published a statement to protest the pagan worship of the Pachamama that took place in October during the Amazon Synod in Rome with Pope Francis' active participation and apparent support. They called upon the Pope to repent publicly and unambiguously of these objective grave sins and asked bishops around the world to offer fraternal correction to Pope Francis for these scandals. You can read the whole story by clicking the link in my show notes. Warning to snowflakes. If he thinks it, he says it. It's time now for Joe Sixpack's Common Sense Catholic Commentary. Today I want to have a commentary about how I became a warrior. I became a warrior in the common parlance almost 45 years ago when the army taught me how to hurt people and break things. But I'm not talking about that type of warrior. I'm talking about being a warrior for Christ in his army, an army where the weapons of choice are peace, love, and prayer. Shortly after my conversion to Catholicism about 32 years ago, I began reading a Catholic paper called The Wanderer, America's oldest independent Catholic newspaper. 
In those days, the bad things going on in the church were almost as bad as they are today, but the craziness was coming from individual neo-modernist bishops and priests instead of the Vatican. We didn't have to worry about the Vatican being crazy back then because Pope John Paul II was actually a Catholic. We had no shortage of renegade bishops, though, and most of the most bizarre bishops seemed to be right here in the good old U.S. of A. It seemed there was a fairly silent war taking place in Catholic America, and the two factions were fighting over the constant 2,000-year teachings of the Catholic Church and who would control it, heaven or hell. I wanted to be a part of that fight. I didn't become a Catholic because I married one. I didn't marry until years later. I became a Catholic because after every teaching of the Catholic Church was proven to me, I fell helplessly, hopelessly, passionately in love with the Church established by Jesus Christ. My problem was that I didn't know how to fight in this war, but I learned through reading The Wander and following the lead of the man at the helm, Alphonse Matt. St. Francis famously said to preach the gospel always and when necessary use words. In other words, we share the gospel by the way we set an example for others. Few men in modern times did that better than now, Matt. He died on the Feast of the Immaculate Conception last week. He was chosen by the Blessed Virgin Mary from the beginning of his life because he not only went into her loving embrace when he exited this mortal coil, but he also entered it on the Feast of the Assumption in 1931. And few laymen have been more devoted to Our Lady than Al Matt. The wonder was such a warrior weapon to fight the evils that had entered American Catholicism, squaring up with the heretics, malcontents, and usual kumbaya crowd of suspects engaged in an attempted systematic destruction of the church from within, that the vast majority of bishops and priests were afraid the mere mention of the wonder. Some priests loudly affirmed their appreciation of Almat's warrior newspaper, but they were far and few between. There were some priests and a few bishops who were closet wander readers, though. They'd scurry off to some sequestered place with the most recent issue to imbibe its hard-hitting reporting, much the way a 12-year-old boy does with Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue. Al Matt wasn't at all afraid to say exactly what was on his mind on the pages of the wander, always backing it up with facts and the church's magisterial teachings. He'd make a rare occasional mistake, and he wasn't at all afraid to admit that either. When papers like the New York Slimes, Washington Compost, or the Catholic Distorter make errors egregious enough to print a retraction, you'll have to dig deep on page 6 to find it in small print. Not Al in his warrior newspaper. He printed his retraction right on the front page with a bold headline. Al inspired me and countless other Catholics to fight for the one thing we loved even more than our families, Holy Mother Church. Because of this inspiration, I began writing under another name to promote divinely revealed truth everywhere I could. Following Al's example, I forcefully proclaimed these truths without apology or hesitation. In many ways, Al Matt and his wonder were my mentors. I never got the opportunity to meet Al. I had a few communications with him over the years, but we never got to meet. I was deeply saddened when Al's health began to decline and he was forced to pass the baton of leadership to his son, Joe. I've missed Al ever since he retired, and I'll miss him for many more years into the future. Bless him, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine upon him. 
May Almat's soul and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Oh, by the way, the Wanderer is now engaged in a new fight to save the church, and that fight is being led by Joe Matt, Al's son. Joe's fighting a new war for the preservation of the church. There have been recent events to make me believe God is truly blessing Joe's efforts, and I'm honored to stand beside Al Matt's progeny, Joe Matt, to help him fight this fight. Won't you join us? I've been sharing the faith with people for over 30 years. The Holy Spirit has used me to make hundreds of converts, and 84 of them are my adult godchildren. When the Holy Spirit works through us in a big way, He usually uses the talents given to us before we were even born. When we develop those talents for Him, we're often impelled to pass on to others what we've done and how we've done it for the greater glory of God. That's why I wrote the Lay Evangelist Handbook. You might say the Lay Evangelist Handbook was 30 years in the making, because in this book I share with you all the best that I've learned about how to share the faith with laps and non-Catholics so you can bring your friends and family to the fullness of divinely revealed truth. The very first chapter gives you a thorough explanation of the things you need to do to maximize your effectiveness so you won't end up with egg on your face when trying to engage people. I explain the differences between the various types of lay evangelists and others you can learn from. I even talk about some statistics that should help give you a real sense of urgency for sharing the faith. Then I get to the step-by-step process for sharing the faith. I give a full presentation of the exact text I've used and refined for 30 years. I tell you what to do, what to say, and how to do and say it, while leaving room for you to work in your own personality and make these techniques your own. There's no other book like this on the market. So get your print or ebook copy of the Lay Evangelist Handbook today. It's available in print on cantankerouscatholic.com or in print and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. I believe a really great way to teach the faith is through stories, parables, and anecdotes. So here's today's story. During the time that the French were at war with the Dutch, a French officer went to Archbishop Fenelon, the famed Archbishop of Cambria. The officer said, In a few days I have to go to the front. I think it would be a good idea if I put my soul in order before I go. I'd like to go to confession, but I'd like you to first convince me that confession was instituted by God. The archbishop replied, Friend, I'm more than happy to do so, but let's go about it in a shorter way. Make your confession first, then I'll do as you ask. The officer protested, but that'd be reversing the order of things. It may be, but please trust my age and experience. First make your confession. The officer knelt down and began his confession. As he opened his heart more and more, and an intimate conversation developed between the archbishop and the officer, his spiritual emotion found relief in tears and contrition. After the absolution, the archbishop asked, Do you want me to give you the reasons for confession now? No thanks, the officer said. Now I'm convinced of the need and advantage of it. 
Since the officer realized how much he'd hurt God by his sins, he made a very serious act of contrition while the archbishop was giving him absolution. When he felt how much confession had helped his soul, he didn't need to be convinced the sacrament had been instituted by God. God gave you this sacrament for your own peace of mind. Sin causes worry and unhappiness. The sacrament of penance relieves you of all that. Make a good confession today. That's it for this episode, Six Packers. Be sure to come back and listen to next week's episode. If you like The Cantankerous Catholic, be sure to write a review wherever you download it so other like-minded Catholics can more easily find it. And be sure to visit my show notes to get links to other things relevant to this episode. As long as you're on the show notes, drop a comment at the bottom to let me know what you think of this episode or to suggest topics for future episodes. If you happen to be on cantankerouscatholic.com for the show notes, download a free copy of The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It, Volume 1, and visit the Joe's Stuff page to get copies of my other books and some really neat coffee mugs. I think you six-packers are the cream of the Catholic crop, and I really appreciate you listening. Just remember, though, comfort and conviction don't live on the same This has been The Cantankerous Catholic with Joe Sixpack, the every Catholic guy. Thanks for subscribing, and be sure to visit cantankerouscatholic.com to get your free copy of Joe's popular book, The Best of What We Believe, Why We Believe It.